welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Welcome into Six Again after some technical difficulties. We're finally kicking off on tonight's episode. Um, Sounding like I'm sitting in a wind tunnel. My name is Adam. My name's Jared, and I'm not turning off my fan because it's way too hot to be doing that. Yeah, I don't know if it's your fan. I think it's just my settings aren't working as they yeah. usually do. So if I'm talking louder than I should be, just put your hand up. Um, it's currently 36 degrees here. I am, yeah. Yeah, you're not turning off your headphones. Uh, your fan, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, you'll see that I am sitting in the Wigan Warriors dressing room um, in front of a ex-Wigan Warrior, now current Wigan Warrior, but also ex-Canberra Raiders player, John Bateman. Say hello, John. Yeah, excellent. Right, right, right. That's, that's as far as you can understand me. That's pretty much it. If uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, John Bateman, John Bateman touched back down in the UK after he's sitting at Canberra and the video of him seeing his daughter for the first time, I think in nine months or something, it's pretty, pretty, was pretty nice to see. And then Wigan also during the week has changed their logo. They've been doing a whole rebranding and the reason I got the picture up is their jerseys look mint. Yeah. I really like them. They're really cool. They do look, they've got like that dark blood, red, yeah. black, black and white, red, black and white color scheme. What's another awesome? Oh, Palmwoods Devils. That's right. Same color scheme that uh, that legendary club has. A eh, Jared. <clears throat> yes. Sure. Used to be used to be legendary. Now not so much. Yeah, that's who we used to play for. Anyway, um, so a little bit of stuff's happened over the past week, and most of it to do with signings. But there's been some other off-field stuff going on. We'll cover that. Uh, we're going to start off with, it's been a week since we started off our first competition. You had to try and beat us by putting up the team of worst players or the worst best team you could have come up with from the 2020 season. And uh, the winner of that was a bit of a smart ass comment, um, but I'm going to pay it anyway. And it goes out to Joel Brower, who basically just posted up the entire Broncos list. And technically, you can't argue with that because they were horrible and thoroughly deserved the wooden spoon. But in saying that, I think that would be a great match. That Broncos team versus uh, the team that we put together. Over or under six points. Well, I'm just thinking that they both had Boyd at fullback. So anyone who made a break is instantly going to go over. What if Boyd made the break? Um, everybody would slip over. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, now it was a pretty horrible looking team. So, uh, we're hoping to have the first, uh, the first run of Subicoolers done up by this weekend. So, um, uh, Joel, shoot us a message on Facebook or DM on Twitter. Um, so we can get your details so we can get that sent out to you. Um, John Bateman video. And I just want to do a shout out to new follower, Tim F, who agreed with 
Well, maybe not so much our conversation last week with regards to backflipping on contracts, but comparing the contract of Joe Sawale, he, he thought of it more as Tedesco, who had said yes to the Raiders. Uh, so moving to the Raiders from the Tigers, but backflip for more money at the Roosters. So it was more of a bidding war of two clubs he hadn't previously gone to. And I think that's a pretty good comparison of what is, or it's a closer comparison, I, I guess. I still don't agree, but okay. Anyway, so thanks for that, Tim F. Make sure you jump on our social accounts and, and just throw comments at us here, there, and everywhere. And I'm coming to the end of the work year, so I'll have time to actually look through them a bit more and um, come back at you. Anyway, let's start with the off-field stuff outside of the signings because that's going to be the bulk of the show. But I guess the big news that's dropped probably in the last 24 hours has been out of Melbourne. And this will lead to signings down the track. But the three-way battle for the hooker role at Melbourne is, I was about to say, becoming clearer. It could be getting murkier. But... The clubs allowed Brendan Smith to start looking elsewhere for deals from the 2022 season onwards. He's contracted at Melbourne for 2021 and 2022. However, Melbourne will release him a year early if they are uh, compensated. compensated, sorry, uh, with a like-for-like -like player. Not, not as in the same position, but the same quality. And they make the key point that Brent Smith is now a premiership winner, which adds money. He's a Kiwi international. So he's on roughly about $400,000 this year, but we'll be looking for an upgrade on his next contract. He wants to be a starting number nine. His agent, Stan Martin, has said he wants to be a starting number nine. And Melbourne, as they pretty much always have been, is working with the player, not against them and saying they obviously want to keep him. They've made that quite clear, but they're also not going to stand in his way because they also have to look at their club moving forward as well and where they're putting money. Um, I guess this is the first domino to fall. We haven't heard about Cameron Smith, what he's doing. The only thing that kind of seems clear moving forward is that Harry Grant will be... In Melbourne colours. Yeah, long-term number nine for the Melbourne Storm. See, um, I've seen Brendan Smith play nine. He is a quality hooker. But his best game is when he plays as that roving forward. Um, like, he... I just had to take my headphones off. I can't, I can't sit through that. Um, he, he's... When he, when he comes on, even if he starts at front row or when he comes on at front row, he changes the game by himself. He's that dominant way he runs with so much power. Um, like I said, he's a quality stand. Like, he's good enough to play NRL starting hooker, and that's what he's looking for. But his best games he's played have not been a hooker. Um, and I don't... I don't think his best games moving forward will be at hooker. I think how Bellamy's playing him right now is the best way for him to play. And I'm not criticising him at all because he's one of my favourite players. I just believe that the way he's playing now, he should stick to it. 
Uh, I, yeah, I agree with, I think, everything you said there for once. Um, outside of the utility forward, that role at Melbourne is his best role. I think at other clubs, he's definitely a first 13 player. I agree that he's NRL standard dummy half, but I would also put an asterisk next to that saying he's not your prototypical dummy half that's going to win you a premiership. Um, Most most clubs that win a premiership, uh, if you look at their hooker, their dummy half, they're either an absolute workhorse in defence with little attacking quality and they get away with it because they've got a team of attacking quality around them. Think Jake Friend at the Roosters. Um, you could think back to Matt Ballin in 08 for the Bronco, uh, for the Broncos, bloody hell, for the Seagulls um, with that back line around them. You can think of Andrew McCulloch yeah. for the Broncos in the 2015 grand final, even though they didn't win. Um, there was quality around them to score points. The other end of the scale is your complete game breakers or game managers your Cameron Smiths your uh, Damien Cook sorry Harry Grant Danny Bedeer, Harry Grant yeah that, that, those sort of those sort of players um, I don't think Brendan Smith fits into either of those he's going to get through his tackles as he does but he offers so much with regards to running meters post contact meters as a ball runner not as a scooter like a Damien yeah. Cook style He's not going to jump out of dummy half and kick a 40-20 like Cameron Smith, um, but he's not going to negate running by tackling 60 times a game like Friend or McCulloch or Ballon. I see him as a starting lock. I think that is his best position for yeah. his skill set. Um, similar style to what I would like Jake Trebojevic to get back to at Manly where they've got the ball skills to get the ball out to the back line. They've got the ball skills to go into dummy half if they need to, but their best attribute is running the ball. Um, Could he play dummy half or hooker at an NRL club? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you that he's getting the best outcome for Melbourne and for himself coming off the bench, but I could see him going to another club and being the starting lock long-term yeah, no, um, that that's but right saying in saying all that i wish him all the best in all, whatever club you get someone will pick him up um and he the, could the little, storm yeah the little side story to this is, is actually a tad amusing so they sent an email out to 14 clubs so this is melbourne anyway, sent an email no, 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 no. So Brandon Smith's manager said, "I oh, manager, yep, sorry, yeah, agent, player, agent. yeah." So he said the fourteen separate clubs. So obviously he didn't send it to Melbourne because he wants to leave. He's going to leave. But the sixteen clubs. So there's one club he didn't send it to. The cool thing is, so you think about teams like Canberra. I've got Josh Hodgson. Canberra's got Coruscant. Um, Jake Friend's locked up. Jake Friend at Roosters, you know, there's a few few teams that he'd go to and he'd struggle to make it. The team he didn't send to don't actually have a definite hooker, which is Gold Coast. So They've got a number obviously... of hookers, but no definite one. Yeah, so if he walked into the Gold Coast, he'd be starting number nine. 
but and look, this is just reporting, but it is funny that that's the only team he didn't send it to. So what's the issue with Gold Coast Titans? But yeah, uh, I'm curious. I think like I, I found it quite amusing as well. There's kind of two lines of thought here. One is that Cameron Smith has signed a swan song deal at the Titans and they will therefore no longer need a hooker for next. Well, they'll need one for the year after next, but maybe they don't want to deal with Titans knowing that Smith's the one going there. That's one school of thought that's out there. Um, the other one could be that the Titans have fleeced a few players from Melbourne in the last few years. Uh, if you look at Kevin Proctor, Proctor. You look at Tino Fasamawale, um, who was the other one I had just before? Who did you just say? Proctor. Oh, Proctor. Yeah, same. There could be something going on there. Not sure, but it is interesting that the Titans were the literally the yeah, only. Yeah, I just team. like. Not included like, in that email. Like the the pure balls on him to go look he's free to teams like Roosters because yeah we said Jake Friends locked in but they've also got Sam Barrels and then you look at Campbell you said Josh Hodgson they've got Tom Starling coming through Cowboys they've got Jake Clifford but then they got um, Reese Robson coming through so you got Jake a lot of clubs you sent it to that have established hookers, but young fellas behind them as well. Um, I love it. I mean, it's just funny. Like, the pure, like, this is who I am. This is how much I'm asking. Take it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, with that in mind then, 2021, they, they've made it clear. He'll be at Melbourne for 2021, regardless. 2022, I've got a list of five clubs who I believe would be the best fit. So I've jumped on zero tackle here because it's pretty much the only site where you can see players contracts throughout the next few years. Their financial figure only goes up if they're 330,000 or more, or if the club has decided to release their figures or anything like that, which is pretty minimal in today's world. So the first club I had where I could see him, going there and having a huge impact is going back to where it all started Um, for him at the NRL level. Well, sorry, at the NRL level, in the rugby league system, which is the Cowboys, um, which goes against everything I just said before of him being a starting lock because he's not going to take Tamalolo's job. He would be going there as a hooker. I'd forgotten about Reese Robson. Reese Robson is contracted for another three years. And there's nothing that Robson has done to show them any uh, reason for going out to get another dummy half because he's knocked Jake Granville out of the starting position. So he's knocked their only premiership winning hooker out of their position. And he's contracted through to the end of 2023. So I think that's enough to wipe Cowboys out unless he's willing to go there and be a bench player, which we know. He's he's got a Bulldogs or Tigers. Yeah, so Bulldogs and Tigers are both on the list. I'm just looking through the Bulldogs uh, squad now. They don't have an established nine. No, and with all the signings that they've been doing, 
the closest would be um, Matt Burton. We know he's not going there to play hooker. Yeah, so they're going they don't to... have a lot of players signed for twenty twenty two. Yeah, um, no, they're they're going to do Bulldogs going to be the heaviest in yeah. the player market next year, and I think they'll throw the checkbook at him. You may as well. I'm just looking at twenty twenty two. Jake Avarillo, outside back. Matt Burton, half. Nick Cottrick, outside back. Adam Elliott, Raymond Fatala, Mariner. Jack Hetherington, Josh Jackson, Joe Stimson, Luke Thompson, Corey Waddell. They're all your forwards and they're all props in second row. And then you've got Brandon Wakeham and Dallin Latenny Zelesniak. And Kyle Flanagan. That's all they've got signed. Yeah. They've got a halfback and a hooker. Yeah, they have no um, hooker signed at 2022. And even those whose contracts run out in 2021, they've been rolling with Jeremy Marshall King as their most consistent hooker. And um, Brendan Smith would be an immediate upgrade on that straight away. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're going to throw the, the checkbook at him. And obviously... Um, Tigers they've got Jacob Liddell but I wouldn't be surprised if they also threw a checkbook at him yeah well they've got we'll get to them later about the amount of money that they've got available at the moment but the, the club I keep coming back to and we did this in the 16 free agents and 16 clubs a couple of weeks ago and I had a hooker going to this team um, and that's the Warriors yeah. knowing that he is a Kiwi. Uh, he's from the Auckland area. Have a look, 2022. Wade Egan, his contract runs out in 2022, and he's their hooker at the moment. Um, Brandon Smith would be an upgrade there, you would assume. Yeah. Look, the thing about it is that... There's going to be a club pop out that no one even thinks of and is going to hook, get rid of their hooker. Um, at this point, there's two teams without a hooker in 2021, and that is Bulldogs and that is Manly. So you guys, the, the, depending what happens with Fainu, Fainu, whatever it is, how do you pronounce his name, Fainu? Um yeah. Now, sorry. So if he, if he gets cleared, I don't know what's going on now. I think the next court case is in April. I I've heard, I'm not 100 sure. So depends what happened there. Um, because you guys would have a bit of money, wouldn't you? Or is it all built up and Dylan Walker, Cherry Evans, and Troy? Oh uh, well, releasing Fanua Blake, Joel Thompson. Uh, yeah. Not re-signing uh, Danny Levi, that sort of stuff. It's kind of been offset by Jason Saab and Josh Alloy coming in. Um, Jason Saab was getting shit for double the price that he was on at the yeah. Dragons. But so, even in saying that, it's not a lot. They're, but, they're the two clubs I see not having a hooker. And but that's for this season, of, and Melbourne said he's not going anywhere. He's playing for Melbourne. Yeah, no, but that's anyway. true, but Two years ago, you wouldn't have said that about you guys. You guys had Coruscant Phoenix. Yeah, true. 
So Oh, I'll take him. Hell yeah. Yeah, nah, that's right. So because by the looks of it, your your hooker options there were was rumors about foreign plane hooker, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you don't want his shoulder anywhere near the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, and the other two options were Kay Tusk and Lachlan Croker. You just don't have anyone else unless you have a young fella coming through that no one knows about. But, yeah, so, and if Finau, um is not contracted until 2022 or loses it or whatever happens, yeah, I'll have a look. you guys will be in a prime position and you guys will be probably the strongest team on paper to go after it. Yeah, and well, I'd, you had, I'd Cowboys, Warriors, Titans, Tigers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, so I'll, mine is probably Titans, Ford Pack. You guys probably have the strongest team to actually look at. Yeah. Look now's contracted to 2022. Okay, so there you go. So um, this player market the next year is going to go nuts. So, And so is Kate play, Cust. Like... Like five years ago, you, you wouldn't have predicted Mitchell Pierce playing for Newcastle, Tyson Frizzell playing for Newcastle. Um, what are the weird, like Adam Fanilla Blake is left in, and two weeks later is signed with the Warriors. So, so many big things happen so quickly in NRL. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with like Parramatta and Marnie ended up playing for the bloody Roosters or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm just having a look on. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd have thought. So, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see where yeah. it goes. Um, Storm will handle this as professionally as they have done. Like, you look at the um, Adokar saga. Supposedly, he was going to be somewhere else next season. He's now staying at Melbourne for another year. They work something out there. They work something out there. Um, they'll work something out here. We'll come back to the signings in a moment. Other news out. So, since our last pod... Uh, the New Zealand Warriors, there was talk about how their season was going to start and kick off, all that sort of stuff. CEO Cameron George um, came out and said that decisions this year based around COVID are going to be different to last year because they had the experience of going through it. Said any decisions had to have a certainty of time period before they entered the decision. Players, staff and family, players and staff's families will be with them the whole time. And once the decision's made, it's going to be stuck to. Uh, Before, yeah, and then kind of after that, uh, the decision was made that the Warriors were going to start the season in Australia. Um for a three-month trial period, uh, three-month period from January 3rd to April 4th, basing themselves uh, primarily, sorry, not primarily, firstly out of Tamworth before relocating to Central Coast. Now, that's not the way that the Warriors would have hoped to start the season because they wanted to be back home for their first two rounds. That's not the case, but it's provided clarity for the whole club and the whole comp. So they've sacrificed again for everybody and they will be playing their first two weeks of the season, their home games 
uh, out of Central Coast against the Knights and the Titans. Now, since then, there's been this kind of interesting story coming out. At the moment, it's pre-season, but the Warriors have got two groups of players, one squad training in Auckland, one squad training in Kiama. Um, in Kiama, you've got all of the new signings, Bar, Bar Ben Murdoch Masilla, who hasn't joined up with them, and the two assistant coaches in Craig Hodges and forgetting his name now, Justin Morgan. So the rest of the squad's training with Nathan Brown, the head coach in Auckland. The, the talk out of both camps is the players are loving it because they're doing exactly the same training sessions where possible. All the data is GPS tracking. So at the end of each session, the players are all coming in, looking at the big screen to see if the Auckland squad or the Kiama squad has been working harder. And there's been a competition going between both groups to see who's been pushing the hardest in preseason, who's winning the time trials, who's getting... Um, most meters per minute, all this sort of stuff. So the, the coaches are saying the boys are really loving it and it's already starting competition between the two squads. Um, it's amazing, I think, already what Nathan Brown has done since coming in. But I think this tracks all the way back to uh, Todd Payton and his efforts with the squad last year. And again, credit to the players for what they're... Well, Todd Payton and Steve Kearney as well. Doing, Yeah. Um, yeah, it brings that competitive edge, and which is great. But playing with each other and against each other, there's no substitute for that. No. So, yeah, it's cool during the, the time trials and as I said, the weights and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, anyone who plays sport with anyone realises that you can, if you play with someone long enough, you know, you can they can turn their shoulder differently or they can look at you and you know what they're going to do. You can't get that just watching a video. No. So, yeah. So, it's just... And they're making the best of the bad situation, which is obviously commendable and we respect that for keeping the NRL comp going. But, unfortunately, is it going to detract from there are they going to be walking into the season on the back foot already that's the question i'm curious bloody negative nancy oh i just i reckon they'll be professional so they've got got 18 players in kiama it's not like it's a small squad Um, you got 12 in bloody new zealand no they've got their whole squad there no yeah but they've got their young guys and that they've got um they'll have all their well new south wales cup Level yeah, no, I get that. I just look. I just, I just worry that. And it's only for now. Sorry, it's only till now. Like January third, the new, the Auckland squad flies over, and season doesn't kick off till March. Oh, I just hope they don't step come off the back foot. That's all. That's all I'm saying. No, I think it's a it's a bonus to you. You don't have to nights don't have to fly to New Zealand. You'll just drive down the road for the home game against the Warriors. Yeah, I'm... hugely beneficial. But I think it's it's great. Like if you if you got time, have a look on there, and the players are loving it. All the new guys coming in have said instead of trying to remember forty names, they've they're in a squad of eighteen, so they're getting to know each other pretty quickly. 
Um, so again, thank you to the Warriors for getting all that sorted and the love. thank you to Zoom and all the stuff online so you get to do that. Um, there's been more talk about transfer windows and the fact that the NRL was stepping in and trying to negate these players jumping out halfway through contracts for more money. The kind of the bigger words this week is about players coming out saying, what about when the clubs make the decision to not bring back a player due to form, due to previous management or current management making a bad decision on a contract? Uh, Josh Reynolds, for example. What if, like players have said, there are, there's been times where clubs have said, don't bother coming back during pre-season, you're not in the squad even when the player's got two years left on their contract. So it's either play reserve grade for two years and continue to get paid on the money that you're on or negotiate a better deal with regards to playtime elsewhere, which may not be worth the same financially. So if I'm employed by the Broncos on 400 grand a year, they tell me not to come back for 2021 preseason. I could play for... Ipswich for the next two years at 400k or I could call up the Tigers and play for them for two years in their starting 13 but they're only going to give me 270 yeah. um, I don't know whether the Broncos run an obligation to put in the other 130 um, to get me off their books but it, it's been interesting that the players have come out saying this is a two-way street uh, it's not all about players chasing money. Sometimes the clubs are just looking to cut costs. So, yeah, so with, with that as well, we, we had a chat about that with Josh Adler. Um, There's always two sides to the story. So, then this is what the players are saying. So, with, with, with him, the CEO came out and said what he said. And then... He said he's going to be mowing the lawns of Concord or some shit, which we really like because if it's actually the situation we're thinking of, good on the CEO. Mm. But Josh Alloy never had a say about how he was treated, um, unfortunately. So, and that's the part you don't hear. You never hear a club, a player, come out and say how he was treated till after their career's over. Mm. So, because he just can't afford to, because no club's going to sign it if you're bagging the club you leave it. It's just bad. Bad business. Yeah, but the clubs are allowed to bag play. So, I completely understand the players coming out and saying this, but in saying that too... in the last 15, 20 years, since player agents are becoming more dominant, I get where the NRL and the clubs are coming from as well. Yeah. So it's a very murky situation because it's so dependent on what's going on in that individual player that you can't really well guess how they're feeling, what's going on in their personal lives, what it, and if and if or all the clubs are trying to cut costs. True. So it's just, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, the, the players chasing better money elsewhere, to me, is exactly the same as a club trying to get rid of a player that they've signed to too much money for too long a period of time. Um, so, like, an example could be, 
well, Josh Reynolds on we knew was just bad deal off the start, but say uh, Cherry Evans or Tamalolo, the first two to sign like your 10-year deals, say their form literally just drops off a hill, or drops off a cliff, sorry, the next two seasons, and they've both got another three years. Michael left. Morgan. Michael Morgan, yeah, there you go. So he's still got three years left at the Cowboys and a million a year. If he hasn't had a massive form um, reversal, he's going to be costing the Cowboys $3 million in salary over the next three years. Yeah. What if they just say, yeah, you're not coming back. Um, we'll pay you the million dollars, but you're not in our squad because your form's not warranted. Um, go look elsewhere. And they're trying to just yeah. push their um, problem onto someone else. And, yeah, and yeah. so... Michael Morgan, obviously, he's had a few injuries. But, yes, he's right. The form has not been there. Um, if anyone's, you know, the player, I believe, who could kind of kick up a stink for the way he was treated, um, might be Mitchell Pierce as well. So, obviously, he debuted at Roosters, I think, at 17, 18, 19, mm. something like that, real young. Won a premiership, won about five minor premierships representing New South Wales. And then Bruce, this is how it came live. Bruce has wanted Cooper Croft. Yeah. They play in the same position. Yeah. Bye bye Mitchell Pierce. Yeah. And that was purely a club thing. So Mitchell Pierce, I guarantee you, wouldn't have wanted to leave. Like, why would you? He was, in a, he was set. He was done. He could have dug um, his heels in and said, that's great. I'm not leaving. Yeah. That's right. So the players are right. Clubs from a, and they're going to use it as an excuse to, by saying that it's better for the club for us to get rid of you. But from a, from a business point of view, treat do treat players like shit. Yeah. Like they really do. Like Mitchell Pierce did not deserve what happened to him. I'll throw an example. I'll throw a, a trial at you. So in, I'm still learning this sort of stuff as well, but in the, um, NHL, the ice hockey, if a club's made a bad decision on a contract and we've got a new GM and the previous GM made a pretty bad mistake. He was playing, he was paying a pretty average guy elite wages. The option they've got is a contract buyout. I don't know the calculations behind it, but the guy we had contracted was meant to be earning uh, 5 million this year, next year, and the year after, right? So $15 million worth. Our CEO, our new, sorry, our new GM has bought out that contract. He doesn't have to give the player $15 million up front, but it's portioned out for this, in this scenario, over the next six seasons. Um, the, mo- the most it's going to count against the salary cap in one season is about 2.1 mil. But for the last two years, it's worth $600,000 against the salary cap. So that new GM's come in and said, this contract sucks. It's going to be a burden on us for the next three years trying to buy players when we need to rebuild. We'll buy him out. He's still on the books for the next six years. Instead of $5 million this year, next year, and the next, it might be one, 1. 1.8, 2.2, 600, yeah. 600, 600. So you could do it that way because it allows that player then to um, be completely cut from that club they can renegotiate elsewhere but they're still going to get paid by their previous club yeah that that 
reminds me, and it's, I know it's not the same. And it still counts against the club salary cap. No, no, I get, I get, it just reminds me so much of back-ended contracts. That does. I know it's not the same, like not technically yeah. the same, but it does remind me of the, fucking it's not, around. It's not, up to, it's not up to the club how much they pay them each year. That's done by yeah. the independent um, community. Oh, I, I get that. Club. It's just when you're explaining it, I understand what you're saying, but it's kind of like reminding me of what Manly and the Bulldogs did. Yeah, I don't um, even understand why clubs would want to do that. You know it's going to help you in the short term, but it screws you up so bad in the long term. But that's the thing. Like, Des Hasler was a two-time or one, two-time premiership winning yeah. coach at Manly because of backdated contract. And then he was a, got into two, premier, two grand finals for Bulldogs. That's why. Yeah. So he can come in for four years, backdate everyone's contract, and then on the fifth year when he quits... You're screwed. Yeah. And it's worth <laughs> you it. To... It's worth it to get the premierships. Yeah, in the short period of time. But look, it's never going to create a dynasty like it's created that Mel- like Melbourne's got or Roosters have or anything like that. It's just it's it, it's bad planning, but I think Des Hasler mainly realized that look, coaching's such a you know, you're lucky if you get you're, sorry, you're extremely lucky to survive five years at a club. Oh, yeah. And he knew that. And he goes, look, this five years, we're doing this. I'll bring you how many premierships. And he nearly did. And I'm I'm extremely lucky as a fan. I'm 32. I've been paying attention to footy, I guess, since I was 10. So in 22 years, I've had two premierships and two grand finals, like two losing grand finals. Um that that's that's pre, that that's a fair bit of success for for in a my club. Life. Not your not your big money club like it was when it came in. Um, you don't have the facilities and resources. Like you, you'll take the two premierships for the for the circumstances or the consequences that follow. In, in anyway. my life, I've won two, but the first one I was four. Yeah, I didn't count the um the ninety six one. I wasn't really. Yeah. Oh no. Well but that that's that, that grand final when I was for was our favourite on the podcast, wasn't that? Um <laughs> Tom Starling's in a bit of strife. Canberra have um backed him up. We they haven't released a whole bunch of details. He's arrested under the charge of assaulting police and resisting arrest by the sound of things. There's still more details that come out of that. We are aware of it, we're not gonna go into it. And on that until more stuff comes out. One thing we can do is update on the Isaac Moses player agent news in that he was deregistered earlier this year. This year? Last year. Time is weird. Jeez, I can't remember. Anyway, he acted outside of the contract terms for a player agent. And he basically told one of his clients to give false evidence when uh, interviewed by the NRL. He was allowed to appeal his deregistration. He did that. And the NRL Appeals Committee has upheld the initial findings that Isaac Moses did break his obligations as a player agent in 2017. So basically the Appeals Committee will now hear submissions whether their call to deregister him 
uh, was a sufficient penalty or whether it was too harsh or whether it was too lenient. So as of now, um, yes, the findings were upheld. Technically, he's still allowed to be working um, until the end of this now new appeals submission timeframe has been complete. So basically, he's guilty but allowed to keep working until judgment of whether the initial consequence was too harsh or lenient or spot on. Doesn't really make a yeah. lot of sense, but um, the quicker he's out of the game, the better. So when it comes down to stuff behind the scenes, in my head, I automatically go to player agents straight away. Just yeah. weird stuff behind the scenes. We mentioned earlier that in the last 15, 20 years, that the player agency messing up um, and playing around. Isaac Moses has got so many people on his books and there are reports that he is holding clubs to ransom with, you know, I've got 12 of the 30 guys on your books. I'm going to pull them all if this doesn't happen. Um, which should never happen in the NRL or any professional sport. No outside third party should never have that much influence on, the NRL, on a professional sporting club. NBA. And that's what's been happening in the NRL recently, So, which I'm, I'm really happy about all this. Uh, it's going forward. So, but yeah. All right, that's kind of all the um, off-field news. So we said we'd come back to signings and we'll do that because it has been a... A pretty busy week with regards to that. So we we mentioned already West Tigers has re, have released Josh Reynolds. He signed a three year deal with Hull FC. Um, didn't really work out for him at the Tigers. Twenty games over three seasons due to injuries and and form and non selection. It is it, nicknames the grub because. He gets under the rival skin, the fan skin. But you got to say, he's one player that has always put the team ahead of himself. Um, good luck to him at Hull. I think Super League's really going to suit him. And it frees up yeah. an extra $500,000-ish for the Tigers, who are already playing in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of free space. So they're finally looking like they're getting back on the right track. Uh, the big one of the week, James Tedesco signing 1.1 mil per year through to the end of 2024. So that's locked him in at the Roosters. Um, if you keep seeing that how the game's trending with regards to media and the sort of money that's getting thrown around on streaming platforms and stuff, this could go down as a bargain. Yeah. Uh, I still think at 1.1 million for what he brings to a club and a team, he's taken unders. Uh like Cherry right. at the moment's on one point three. You'd say that the form and the where Tedesco is in his career, in his prime, if, if Cherry Evans is on one point three, you'd be saying he's on one point it'd be worth one point five. Is where I'd, I'd be throwing Tedesco. I I would I would pick Tedesco over Cherry Evans every day of the week. That's what I just said. Not no, that's nothing against Cherry Evans. It's no. just, it's just. Cherry Evans is still elite. 
but he's um, also on the other side of 30. Yeah, so with with Desco, um, obviously he's the next generation or our generation of best fullback there is. No, That's, our generation was Billy Slater. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Current best fullback. Yes, there current. Is. Like, so it, it kind of reminds me of the hooker transition. So obviously in the 90s you had – oh, sorry. Early 90s you had – oh, sorry. Late nineties, early two thousands, yeah. Yeah, late nineties, Walter Gutierrez, and then Smith. Yes. For thing, you know, you got your Matt Bowen, and then you got your Billy Slater. Like, well, who early two thousands? Who was the best hooker? Was it O Davis? No hooker. I can't remember. Ah, uh, dummy. Our uh, fullback. Sorry. Who was the best fullback in early two thousands? You had a lot. Lockyer. Lockyer. There you go. Brett Marlin. Um. Lockyer Bowen. Cello. Yeah. Davis would have been up there. Shikoski. People like Shikofsky. that. Shikofsky said it. But is do you believe that Tedesco will be better than Slater when he retires? I don't think better is the right word. I think he, he I think there's a chance he has an impact on the game as much as um, Slater's with regards to so how the game played on par. Yeah, I, I could see. I could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's never going to have just... the origin um, success. I, I just think the one thing he has over Slater is his work rate. Yeah. So in, in attack, I, I, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's right. He's a fullback. Just, I just think he takes those shit runs more than Slater did. Yeah. And when um, I say having that's... impact on the game, the first thing that popped into my head is how many times have we seen him run for 200 metres a game? Yeah. Um, like, Slater's ball playing was way better, but Tedesco's getting there. Yeah, it's um, getting there. Slater's, I'd say on par with, probably Slater's a bit better at support play, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, bit hard to do. And the other I, thing I is, Tedesco's played his whole career as a fullback or a Slater transition from wing to centre yeah. to fullback or centre to wing to fullback. The, the only concern I had, and this is just me, but like when you saw Slater run, it was such a natural run. Like his body was just built to do that. Um, when, he, when he got an open space, you're like, holy shit, like he just moved so smoothly. Mm. With Tedesco, he has had a lot of lower leg injuries. Um, I, I remember the worst one I've seen was when he shattered his kneecap in the first twenty seconds, first yeah. five seconds of the game against Canberra back in back now it was six seven years ago now. Um, and the way he runs and the way he tries to get out of tackles, I always imagine that he's going to tear something off his leg. Do do, do you you see that as well? Yeah, but he's also he's talked about what he's had to do to change his running technique, Um, and and you just got to trust in the physio and the stuff they're doing behind the scenes. Oh no, that's right. Like when he was younger, obviously his body wasn't ready for the Mm. NRL. That's what it was. But I just hope that his career doesn't get cut short for injuries because with Slater, he's he did get injuries. But his body was more natural. 
in the way he ran. So he didn't have to, he didn't twist or anything like that. And his, and his injuries like, towards the end were upper body. The yeah. shoulder and... And uh, by and was, with Tedesco, yeah. like he he's got the upper body of a front row. He is a or a second row. He is a yeah. monster up top. Like he's huge compared compared to Slater as well. He's massive. But yeah, Slater's so that good. that that's that's the only concern I have for Tedesco. Just I, I worry that his body might not last in the NRL. That's the only thing I'm concerned about, especially because he'll be playing close to 30, 40 games a year sometimes. I love how we get sidetracked onto a Slater versus Tedesco comparison when we've talked about it. It's like, this is the contracts bit. But yeah, he's on 1.1 million for the next three years um, for the Roosters. Kevin Walters has landed his first big re-signing with Thomas Flegler uh, committing for a further two years in Brisbane outside of rival uh, offers from Sydney. Um. James Tedesco, Jack Cogger has signed with Huddersfield in the Super League. He'll be partnering, I believe. I just had the name. Yeah, I had it. I just had the name. I'm going to have to look it up. Another Aussie from memory. Um, so he's he'll be getting a starting job over with the Huddersfield Giants in the Super League. Aiden Caesar. Aiden Caesar, that's it. Thank you. Um, Josh Rounds, we've said Tigers have re-signed Alex Seyfarth. We said it was in the works. That's happened. Sandor Earl has announced his retirement. Um, supposedly going into a career in pharmaceuticals. Um, if that's too... What? Too soon? No, that's not even funny. Oh, come on. That was pretty good. Uh, he was not offered a new deal by the Storm for 2021, and he's decided to uh, retire. Uh, we're missing anything there. No, we've talked about the Manly signs already. Tatao Moga's on a one-year deal with the Rabbitohs. Oh, Ed and they Gebby. So, I don't know if many people know who this Oh, now we're uh, one-year oh, yeah. deal for, with the Raiders. So, Ed and Gebby, he broke out or I want to say the Blackhawks in 2019. Um, leading try scorer of the Q Cup. He's just, a, if you saw him play, he's super fast, natural. He just gets the ball and he just goes and it's just, he's a talent. Um, and he signed with South Sydney, but with the outside backs they've signed this year, they just can't keep him on. So he signed a training trial deal with the Tigers. Um, I'm putting money on him getting the contract and I hope he debuts because I really want to see him in the NRL just light shit up. He's a really talented guy. See? Another another input from our Q-Cup representative in Jared. (laughs) Loves his Q-Cup. This isn't a new signing, but this is one that I feel is kind of sliding under the radar. Um, based on his last couple of years. But I'd completely forgotten that Ryan James has signed with Canberra and he's there for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And we talk about John Bateman leaving. Freaking Ryan James is origin quality when he's on form. And I just saw a news story on how Ricky Stewart's love and how he's training. I went, oh, shit, I completely forgot about that. He's just going to... That's such yeah, a so- cute pickup if they get him back to what he was. Um, what, what he's done is he's actually come out there and started training early with the Jersey Flex club. Mm. 
Because so... Mark Hendricks always been there. Cause he, he, they were saying he was doing that the Titans as well. Um, prior to being made captain and then during is the early training, late training. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every, club's, every club's got one at least. He, um, he, he's been playing front row for his entire career. But before he, I think he tore his ACL at Gold Coast during preseason last year. Twice. Before he did that, they were priming him to play edge on the edge. No, he played a fair bit of edge. Yeah. Um, oh, he just got the, because they put a lot of bulk on him um, and they brought him in the middle. So I think they were like, we're going to tear that off you. You're going to make you lean, which will happen at Canberra. Like, Ricky still oh, yeah. lean, the, lean him up. And then, um, Look, he, he, he won't have the ball skills Bateman had, but I think he'd be more of a damaging runner if they get him in form. Yeah, so... He'd, he'd be in the... Just trying to think. Like, if he, if they want him playing prop, um, you'd have him and... Harley and James. Harley. And then that'd leave Tarpany at... Lock. On an edge, maybe, if you want to put Horsburgh at lock and have... Um, Whitehead is your other second row. Um, Either way, they're going to have a massive board back. Massive. It's going to be epic. And uh, Gareth Widdop has dropped his price. It's come out. He's looking for about 300000 a year. And he hasn't actually officially requested a release from Warrington yet in the Super League. So him and his agent engage in interest in the NRL. But for 300000 to get a player of Gareth Widdop's quality. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been more clubs lining up to to sign him up when you're thinking how many clubs could use a premiership calibre 5'8". Um, yeah. Just thinking Look. Cowboys, even though they've already New- said no. Um, Newcastle. Newcastle. Um. I'd still like to say Manly. Look, if he went to the Broncos, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. There's there's a lot of clubs. Oh, yeah, Broncos, definitely. Yeah, Broncos could really but I wouldn't a lot touch of clubs Titans. Could... I think Titans uh have got something cooking there. St George still would be I don't a think, fit. I, I don't think Jamal Fogarty is gonna lead him to a premiership. Um, but I I think they They've kind to me. They've kind of got your um, your kind of your St George Dragons, uh, Wayne Bennett Premiership about them, where you've just got a solid squad, a solid team, uh, and their their halves weren't their superstars. Ben Hornby was solid. Jamie Sow, now he won the M that year, by the way. Yeah, but a lot of players can have. Outstanding years, right? Well, Darius Boyd got the Clive Churchill there. That was probably his best season ever. Um, but I could see Titans but, doing something like that. But yeah, no, I think Gareth Widdop should be looked at. Um, I there's something going on that someone of his caliber hasn't been picked up yet. Yeah, especially when they went half price. There's something going on, though, because three years ago, and that might be what it is, people might think he's too old and because his shoulders are cooked. Um, he, 
just a CAD Seb every time he gets in the tackle. But three years ago, if he put out that he's going to be signed for 500 grand, he had about 12 clubs lined up to sign him. So there's something going on there to stop this, so that every club knows. Yeah, definitely could be. Definitely could be. Um, the last little bit before we wrap up, I don't have anything else, but the NRL 2021 draw dropped on Thursday, literally a day after we did our last pod. Um, so it's up on the NRL website. Uh, I'm sure you can find it elsewhere as well. Easter clashes are back. Um, Origin back in the middle of the season. It's so far been released all the way up through to round 25. Um, obviously, some things are subject to change still uh, with COVID, but if it keeps going as it does, Warriors will be playing the majority of their season out of Auckland with teams traveling there, obviously excluding rounds one and two, we've already mentioned, but we'll be doing a look into uh, draw favoritism, uh, uh, easy draw, harder draw, team preview, same stuff we did at the start of this season, but we'll be doing that closer to the season. So we have seen it. Uh, We're not going to be going into depth at the moment. Going over this off-season, Jared's going to be taking some time off for a holiday. Um, I'm not going to be going anywhere, but we're still going to endeavour to get out a podcast a week, whether it's both of us, whether it's one of us, whether it's us with a guest. We're still looking at lining up some interviews and merchandise, that sort of stuff. Uh, a couple of changes happening here and there to look forward to, but keep keep in touch keep in touch with us on our social media platforms at six again pod on twitter at six again podcast on facebook um youtube i'm actually getting more consistent of uploading the video so you can check out our mugs on there uh thank you again for all the support on the show thanks again to joel winner of our first comp so we'll have a stubby cooler going your way please shoot us a message on facebook or at twitter and we're going to keep the fan interaction going. Don't have anything for us this week, but we're coming up with a couple of questions and a bit of a quiz uh, for next week's show as well. Anything from you, Jared? Nah. Cool. All right, guys. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.